welcome back to the latest episode of the Massive Numb Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Murphy, joined by Sam and Westy as always. We've got some rugby to talk about. How are the boys? How's Sam? Good, yeah, good. Got back in work now on Monday. Uh, miserable, miserable weather and it's dark as shit as soon as we get home. So it's, uh, it's hard to keep up, keep keep your, your uh, morale high. Morale high, yeah. yeah. Westy, uh, how are you rocking a beautiful tash? Uh, yeah. was handlebars <laughs> a beautiful handlebars oh, yeah. mustache why do anything else huh? you know just go straight for yeah. the handlebars um, yeah it's a good point yeah. it's a good point November uh, men's health yeah fair play uh, yeah actually go over and check Wesley's page he put up a link to donate so be generous and it's for a good cause so um, I I would definitely do one but I just look awful uh, it's just not a good look Sam have you ever tried going attached I, I grew a pirate tash a couple of years ago when we were in China, and that was fine. But uh, unfortunately, I work with children, so I can't walk around with a dodgy mustache. It just yeah, it sure. doesn't look point. right. It doesn't look right. You'd be immediately fired <laughs> on the spot. Uh, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about dodgy tashes, though. We're here to talk about some rugby. Uh, well, first, actually, now the things are mutually exclusive at the that moment. That actually is a like, solid point. Yeah, that's a solid point. Here. <laughs> yeah, there, Westy could play for any team at the moment with that bad yeah. boy. So, I mean, yeah, I could I could anyway if I really wanted to. If I really put my mind to it, like you know? <laughs> yeah, his hair is yeah. not quite bad enough for some teams. Like watching the rugby with my girlfriend at the weekend, and she was like, every player on the pitch was like, "What is that haircut about? What is that tash about?" Like, I think COVID has really ruined people looking yeah. good. Like Quinrose is is up there for the Quinn worst Ruse hair. Always I've been ever bad. Seen. I'm not even putting it's that up. So, to but it's Quinn. so light at the back. It's not even it's, like yeah, full. It's like bum fluff. It's yeah, like it's, it's not even terrible. like a full head of hair. Like it's oh god. Oh. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> but uh, first weekend of Autumn Nations Cup was this weekend, obviously. Uh, Friday night, we had Ireland versus Wales. Saturday, double header, Italy, Scotland, England and Georgia. And then, unfortunately, the game we were all most looking forward to was cancelled on Sunday. Uh, have they announced what the results of that's going to be? I thought that was today. It was no, going to be a 28 win. Cancelled. The website yeah. still says cancelled. It doesn't say postponed. So it's, I, I'd say they'll go with the nil all thing, I think. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, they can't. It's similar to a World Cup. It's a limited schedule, so they don't have a free weekend to reschedule it unless they were willing to play it this evening. I don't think there was any chance of it being Or midweek, yeah, uh, try and do like a double. Yeah, that'd be tough. Even then, it was, if it's COVID cases, like the, there has to be like, you know, time restraint put on, like coming mm. back to training and stuff, you know, because if you have a COVID case or a positive case, I presume that that means the entire place has to be shut down and locked down until everyone's tested. And those who were negative for COVID are allowed back into training while those who are positive have to isolate. So it'd be too too hard that way. It's not, I don't know, there's been no word yet uh, on whether or not it's like a walkover or a nil-all draw. I hope that, we'll go nil-all options. draw and not walkover yeah. because that's just unfair. If like you get like a walkover on a team, like, there's nothing you can do. It's, you haven't purposely contracted COVID. Like a walkover, it's just, that would be, it would in my mind be too too unfair. Yeah, it's either going to be twenty-eight nil to France or nil-nil draw. So, yeah, I think they they said last week that announced it on Monday. So unless they announce it after we record this, it's only five o'clock. So we'll give it time. But I'm surprised uh, we... there's not a quicker response because you would think with this Autumn Nations Cup that like all this stuff would have been laid out beforehand. Like this is the protocol for if someone gets COVID. Like it's literally yeah. a COVID competition. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I don't think anyone's surprised being like, oh, COVID's still here. What? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> but... So, yeah, so I know it's a good point, but look, it's, we saw the mess in Japan as well with some games. So, uh, But anyway, Friday night, Ireland played Wales. We'll start with that. Um, we'll kind of we'll talk about the good stuff first, obviously, because there was plenty of that. Ireland pretty much 
uh, easily winning that game against a Wales team that is, again, a bit all over the spot, but we'll get into that. But we'll talk about the positives first, Westy. What did you like? What, what did you like? Uh, what you saw on Friday from Ireland? Um, I thought we took our opportunities well. It was a very intelligent game from Ireland. I mean, coming down to taking the right penalties. You know, we didn't take any mad penalties from inside our own half or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I thought... It's because Murray was on the bench, uh, Westy. That's because Murray was on the bench. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the positives was Murray at 10. I thought that was fucking... That was pretty impressive, to be honest. Um, and I thought Billy Burns uh, kind of silenced any of my precautions I had about him. I thought he was fantastic when he came on. Um, I don't know if I he thought, was fantastic now. Fantastic? Well, I, I, I think, well, relative to what I thought he was going to be, I thought he was well, fantastic. Okay. I thought he was going to be very average coming on. Um, I thought he exactly, you know, as well, coming on when he did in, what, the 25th minute or something like that? Mm. I think that's brilliant for a lad in his first cap who hasn't played much rugby in the last six months. Uh, not last six months, last two or three months, maybe. Um, I, thought the f- I thought the lads returning were going to help Peter Mahan. He was brilliant. Uh, I thought it was another great game for Caelan Doris. Um, I thought we did, we did try to be a bit more expansive. It didn't really come off, and we were kind of gifted a bit by Wales, not really been on the pace. Um, but I think, it was, I think it was a very impressive start. Again, we said last week, Okay, it wasn't all the changes we wanted to see, but seven changes is pretty big from international to international. So um, I think considering that, I think the new lads, like Lowe was very good. Gibson Park was very, very good as well. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with the, the kind of overall tempo of the game, the overall flair that we played with. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, Sam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, Doris was brilliant again. Uh, deserved to be man of the match. I thought James Lowe was such a breath of fresh air. He did all the things we said last week we wanted him to do, which was to play fun, expansive, aggressive rugby. I thought he was brilliant, and I thought he did bring up the players around him. I thought it was noticeable that people were getting on board with what he was doing. Uh, and then for him to get the try at the end, you know, like they, they were never giving it to anyone else. I don't know why Wales bothered lining up man on man when they could have just lined up the, the, all the backs in that one area because it wasn't, it was never going to anyone else. Uh, but no, I thought that was very good. I thought, you know, you don't wish an injury on any player, but the Stexon, so long as it's not a long term injury, it was a bit of a blessing in disguise because we got to see Burns for a, a long period of the match and not closing the match. Like we got to see what he'd do mid match, we got to see what he'd do coming out for the second half. Those sort of things. Uh, I think himself and Gibson Park were good. They were a different dynamic to the usual Murray Sexton, so that was nice. Uh, really, like, going to put on the conic bias, really impressed again with Quinn Rue, uh, Heron and Beelham. Like, I think Rue had a stellar game, really probably his best Irish game. And it was nice to see people noticing that online and seeing fans of other teams actually complimenting Quinn Rue because he gets such a raw deal off a lot of fans. People underrate him so badly. And Beelum, I thought, was brilliant when he came on. He was really putting himself about, especially on the ground. Good turnover and kind of one turnover that ended up being a penalty. And Heffernan was good again. So, all in all, it was a good match. I, I, It's so funny. Like, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm happy that we've won. And then you see some people just want to be miserable. Some people are like, yeah, but Wales were useless. It's like, oh, like, you can't win with these people. Like, you, you're either not good enough to beat New Zealand or not good enough to beat Australia or Argentina or the team we beat weren't good enough. Like, so I don't know what you do. Like, I'm just going to relish the fact that Ireland played well, that Ireland did good, and that we were seven changes. It wasn't the same team we saw the week before. So I was happy out with it. Uh, we were blessed by the fact that Lee Halfany missed the first two kicks of his career. <laughs> that, oh, was, no. <laughs> that was helpful because I was like saying to Corey, just as he was lined up, I was like, this Lee Halfany now, he never misses a kick. <laughs> yeah. He missed us. His, uh, his career percentage is now 99.9999997%. <laughs> so he's, he's really dropped down. But uh, well, yeah, I, 
they, they, they didn't play well. I'm not going to say Wales played well, but Ireland did play very well. I think the, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Like, uh, you know, Wales weren't playing well, but it was still a strong Welsh team with a lot of experience and a lot of good players. Faletau, Tipperick, Wynne Jones, uh, Rhys Kerr, I thought was good, Dan Bigger. Rhys Kerr? Uh, <laughs> like, these are good players with a lot of experience. Hmm? Oh, no, not Rhys Kerr. Sorry, who came off Rhys Kerr? Rhys Kerr was you. He got destroyed, sorry. I was trying. I was trying to say the scrum got better when he came off, and I was just yeah. railing through. I'm looking at my notes Eddie, here. Was <laughs> it, uh, when Jones came on from I think wasn't it? Yeah, sorry. Rieskair was destroyed by Porter. I felt really sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, the scrum was being absolutely manhandled. But yeah. By the way, it's bullshit. Bullshit substituting him with one minute to go before half time. That's so unnecessary. Yeah, just take him off. Just, <laughs> like, it was very hard. That's such a like. If you take him off at half time, like fair enough. But it's embarrassing a bit to be taken off with a minute to go. I just thought that was pretty poor coaching but whatever. yeah it's probably harsh yeah but uh, uh, no, on the whole on the whole an enjoyable game to watch yeah i'll, I'll play it i'll play a devil's advocate because i am one of those people that you mentioned about you know it's i think it is it's it's hard to read too much into it because of how kind of sluggish wales were um this weekend obviously is a much more bigger test but we'll get into that uh, maybe in a later podcast i think we'll preview it later in the week but uh no the positive definitely the new G- gibson park and james lowe were fantastic like Gibson Park, the tempo that he brings, like the ball is. So, I'd love to see our stats of like average, you know, ball being presented at a ruck. It, it must be just incredibly fast. And as I tweeted at the time, but they make the players around them kind of similar. Like I'm sure watching and playing alongside Gibson Park, you want to push the tempo a bit. You know what I mean? And James Lowe, his strength and aggression, it makes the lads around him want to be more aggressive. Like his strength is incredible. That time where he he literally held off Lee Halfpenny with one arm and like look for the offload while going out of like out the sideline it's incredible because like, he doesn't he's not like he's not ripped do you know what I mean like he's just he's fucking strong he's just like that natural strength and it's incredible but his effort as well like he chased ball like when he's chased he kicked one ball or someone kicked the ball and he chased it and he sprinted and I mean sprinted at a ball that he was never really going to get but still put pressure on I think it was Lee Halfpenny or Liam Williams um, to clear the ball and he just brought a total fresh breath air to the team that's exactly what we were looking for when people like me hark on about getting new blood into the team it's that's the positive side of it it it, it breathes a breath of fresh air into the team and, and makes the team the players that are already there it kind of spices things up a little bit so I love that personally I thought yeah Andrew Porter was incredible but that is backed up by Quinn Rue the amount of people I've seen on Twitter being like you know, just having that strong of a man behind you in the scrum, pushing you onwards, it just helps so much. So, th- I thought that was brilliant. Uh, I think Quinnery was absolutely astounding. Look, everyone played well. Peter Mahoney was incredible. Everyone, every time yeah. Peter Mahoney's about to play, someone should like nip him or something, just piss him off a little <laughs> bit because he's just so much better when he's pissed off. Like he, I, I watched the game back today, bits and drabs and highlights and. The time he was scruffing with Alan Wynne Jones, he's nowhere near that scuffle. He comes like ten yards out of the way just to push Alan Wynne Jones, and it's brilliant. Like it's, it's such a dickhead, and I love it. And that's again what James Lowe brings as well—a bit of a niggle that you know sometimes we don't have. And I thought that was great. I'd love to have a couple of them lads that you'd hate to play against. You know them kind of lads, like yeah. you like, like Owen Farrell's a bit like that. You know, I hate playing against him, but I'd love if he was on our team. You know, so I thought that was all brilliant. Um. I thought the way we played, I thought some of the moves we tried was, was great. It was expansive. I, I loved seeing it. We definitely slowed down once we got on the 22, but I think that's that's fair enough. That's going to happen. You're kind of slowing down to make sure uh, you know, that things don't go astray. We definitely could have scored more. 
uh, as a whole. I think we missed a couple of opportunities. Uh, but set pieces looked pretty solid. A couple of lineouts went astray, but that's okay. And the scrum was just dominant. How many scrum penalties did we win? Four? Three or four? Yeah, four, I think. Four. Like, that's just incredible. We won a ball off their feeding. Do you know how like that doesn't happen anymore at all? So that was great. Um, but I've been going on long enough. Let's talk about negatives, or maybe you don't think there is any negatives. But Wesley, did that you didn't like, or that you know could be better? Um. Well, look, I, I think you know Sam said it. And you could touch on there. Like, like it wasn't a perfect Welsh team or per- perfect Welsh performance. They they weren't at the right pace for it really. So I, I guess I would have liked to see us try and score a few more tries. Um. Maybe not taking the um, while it's intelligent to take the penalty to take the three points. Maybe we could have pushed it out and gone for the try, especially in the second half when we were a lot more in the driving seat. Um, but again, it's a team that will grow in confidence, and maybe losing sex and early contributes to that. I think it's worth mentioning as well. You know, the likes of uh, Conway and uh, Quinn Roo, especially who came in last minute to cover. You know, that's mm-hmm. a very hard thing to do when you're preparing all week. Um, I do think some of the replacements, again, could have been made earlier, but when you look at how the game unfolded, I think losing Sexton so early is then going to have a domino effect on when you decide to change your other, like your hooker, let's say, or maybe you bring on your other second rows. Um, Yeah, no, I think there's not a lot of negatives to take from us exactly. I think it's just the kind of, like the only thing you can say is that England are going to be far more dominant than Wales were. So, yeah. The it's issue is, total, yeah. I don't see necessarily how we're going to adapt to that because I don't think we were going on after the, after Saracens beat Leinster for some reason. That's a metaphor for Ireland. Um, we're going on about how they overpower us, how are they overpowered Leinster, how we're not big enough, strong enough, blah, blah. Like, you don't have to be bigger and stronger to beat people in rugby. Uruguay bet Fiji in the World Cup. You have to play smart. Um, so at the minute, I don't like we're not abandoning the big, heavy, brute game plan and we haven't perfected the skillful game plan yet either. So I, um, playing England is going to be very different and they're going to be a, a lot, a lot better than Wales were. Yeah, it's it's a totally different matchup. Like, I think, in fairness to the Saracen Leinster, there's, because there's so many Irish players on the Leinster team and so many English players on the Saracen team, I think it's, you know, people use it as a an analogy and, like, it is just, it's a terrible matchup for Ireland because they are so much more physically dominant in us and their their quick line speed is very tough to play again. We haven't solved that riddle since, well, when's the last time, the last three or four games have beaten us pretty comprehensively, I think, possibly only three. Yeah, the last last two Six Nations in the World Cup warm-up the World Cup game warm-up, they yeah, they've, yeah, they've just kind of, you know, they're an, off, they're an awful matchup. It doesn't mean that, does that mean we should change our whole game plan to beat one team? I'm not saying it is, but... Um, but you yeah, can adapt your game plan to their opponents you're playing with. I mean, yeah. I don't see how that's such a massive struggle. You know, uh, we can, yeah. you can make changes. You don't have to play the exact same start in 15. You bring on a more agile, you bring on, let's say, make those seven changes, but those seven players are bringing that faster offloading game plan with them. It's not yeah. easy, but it's, it's something that I think we haven't really explored. Like, you know, you start sexing for, and again, I'm not basing this in any logic, but you start sexing for a forward heavy hitting game plan and you start, Billy Burns for a faster offloading game plan. You yeah, know, yeah. just you build something like that around different halfbacks. Yeah, we mentioned before the horses for courses. You know, when yeah, when a certain team comes to town, this is kind of our lineup that we're going to go for. And I, yeah, I agree with that. And England is definitely one of those teams that when they come to town, we have to change, we have to adapt, and try and 
do something we haven't done before to beat them, especially in the last three games. Like they've just they have our number and we haven't been able to fix that. So, uh, we have to talk a bit about because I've seen it on uh, Twitter a lot the last day or two is the the the, the depth chart at fly half because a lot of people are have some different opinions on you know Sexton. Obviously, a lot of people have him one. It appears to be Billy Burns number two in Andy Farrell's mind. Three, four, and then five, or however long you want to go, that seems to be a big question because Farrell, even himself, in a you know um, conference, said that Conor Murray looked very, you know, uh, comfy at the ten position, and it's very, it's very much a, a realistic option for him. I personally don't like that. I think obviously that's, you know, the Jack Cartys, the JJ Hanrattens of the world, they're not going to obviously like that. So Wesley, what do you think? Like, gives obviously, I'm assuming you have sex, and obviously still top of the list. Yeah, um, and I, I do think I do think credit to Conor Murray. I think he did a great job covering yeah, he did, him. But yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think that's something we should be aiming for. Like, no, I don't think so either. What, what are you What are you going to do then? I mean, you're going to have like I don't understand how you're going to start Murray out of position and have the likes of Byrne or Carthy or Billy Burns on the bench to come on from. Like, I mean, that's not. Yeah. It's good to have a player that can cover positions because this is what happens. Um, I think you know Sam mentioned sex and injury been a bit of a blessing because it's going to force changes like. This is the issue that kind of, and I don't know if we said these words exactly over the last few months, but we've been given out that we're not preparing for a world without sex. And this is exactly why. Like, I, I, do, I don't think a, a player that's not at his best in his normal position should be moved into a new position. Yeah. Especially against England. Maybe if you want to do it against Georgia, let's, let's give that a go. But no, I mean, I think in terms like Sexton is still number one. Um, I'd say... I mean, after the weekend, just because, just purely because we, we haven't seen enough of anybody else in the 10 jersey, probably Billy Burns is number two. Um, but again, that comes down to Ross Byrne only playing the last 10 minutes of games. So, like, that's not really that tangible of an experience to get. Um, so I think then, it, it, like, it is probably Ross Byrne and then Jack Carthy. So, but Jack Carthy's got, like, we saw against Scarlet's there for Connacht at the weekend, like, Carthy was a little bit off the pace. He was a little bit, like, now he had some brilliant moments, but he was just really inconsistent. And I think that mainly comes from the fact that he's not played a game in five or six weeks. So it'd be very tough for him now to go in, to go back into an Ireland camp and then, you know, be brought on. Let's say that same injury happens with Sexton to come on at half an hour. You know, and I, I know we said the same thing about Billy Burns last week, and, and he rose to it, and I, I hope Carthy be able to do the same. I think he can do the same, but... Carthy is very much a foreign player and he, he needs to build up game time. I think that's the same with anybody who's going to come into Ireland at 10. He's going to need more than 10 minutes at the end of a game to, to get into the flow of it. Yeah, agreed. Sam, uh, what about you? What's your kind of views on the depth chart at 10? Yeah, I think the Murray thing it was a weekend, but it's not a long-term plan. Anyone that thinks it is is being an absolute jackass, like saying, oh yeah, we saw him for a few minutes in a go in and run it from 10 and be a 10. This late in his career with very, very little experience of it, especially it was just a handy workaround. And yeah, it might be a decent option to have in the long run as like Murray on your bench, but can also cover a bit of 10 the way people kept saying Cooney might be able to do in the World Cup. That's a handy thing to have. Yeah, but I wouldn't have him anywhere near being picked as a 10. I think that it's Billy Burns is now position now to lose because he came on and was positive at the weekend he's done a good bit for Ulster recently he's not played as much as he would have desired you know in the Madigan conversation there you know Madigan's not played too well either since coming in but they brought in Madigan for a reason was that to cover Billy Burns when they you don't know how they feel there Ross Burns going to be 
growing all ever more frustrated at Leinster, considering his young to be kind of ahead of him in everyone's pecking order. And also, any time Sexton wants, Sexton plays. Like Ross Byrne can play all of the Pro 14 games, and then it comes Hind Cup semi final, and Sexton's in. Like, how is Ross Byrne ever going to cement his place as the uh, starting out half for Leinster or Ireland if that's going to be the case in the long run? So. It's, it's a confusing enough time. And like Wesley said, you know, I love Jack Hardy and I think Jack Hardy is up to the standard, but Jack Hardy is the type of player that needs to be playing a confidence boost. So he needs to be getting into the into the motion, playing week in, week out. And that's when you see the best of him and you see him like he's purring by the end of the season if he gets a long run at it. So it's a really, it's a tough conversation. Sexton is probably thing. Like if you were, you're picking your best 15, Sexton is starting 10, but in the long run, who's the play sex and it's anyone's to grab really. And if the rumors and the murmurings from Leinster are true, Harry Byrne is as good as take Harry Byrne needs to be playing week in, week out and Sexton needs to reduce his game time again and give some of the more important games to some of these players that need the experience. It's worth mentioning the uh, Murray thing as well. Like it, just as you say, like having cover from the bench, it could be a really good way of us bringing in like a, a six-two split on the bench where we can overload with four, especially that's say against England, where it's going to be a really physical game. If we want to try and play that, if we want to put an extra forward on the bench and then have Connor Murray and either Earls or somebody who can cover a lot of positions available, it might help us kind of just diversify our bench a bit. It's quite cruel that Connor Murray has kind of become John Cooney, you know, in the role. <laughs> After like keep him out of the team for so long, that's a bit it's a bit ironic. But yeah, no, I I agree in that sense. Yeah, Carthy like unfortunately for this, especially for this tournament, you need to be playing like well at the moment for your club. And Carthy didn't have the best game the weekend. Um, so maybe you know if he does play well for the rest of the season for Connacht and maybe the six nation, next Six Nations, he could definitely have his uh, hat in the ring, as they say. But yeah, I think it's disrespectful to those players to say like, oh, Conor Murray, you know, is a definite option at ten. Like what, like. It just seems weird to me, but I think yeah, Gibson Park was just incredible. So, you know, I can't. I think like he was better than Conor Murray in that performance, and Conor Murray has been the last two years, right? Like the everything he did was just amazing. Even his, you know, for the people who love box kicks and all that, his box kicks were incredible. They were right on the you know right in the sideline. James Lowe and Conway are good chasing that. You know, good chasers. There was nothing negative about Gibson Park's performance at all and that's tough but look he, look, he might start Conor Murray this weekend just due to you know squad rotation but we'll see but um, we'll, we'll touch on that maybe towards the end of the podcast uh, what we kind of want to see for this weekend coming but um, we'll touch uh, Scott Lately was on Saturday morning uh, Scott Lately Scott, Scotland and Italy, sorry. What did I say? One word combined. Scotland Italy. Scotland Italy. And then England Georgia was on after that. But uh, no, Scotland played Italy uh, on Saturday morning. Good game, actually. But I know another classic Italy performance. Loads of potential, but no results. Westy, was that kind of how you saw it? Yeah, um, I think I texted you during the game. Um, like, I think, and I'm, I'm kind of sick of saying this, really, because I know it's a cliche, but Italy were a better team for 60-odd minutes, like. Um, it was only their own kind of small errors kind of around the breakdown again that kind of cost them possession in kind of key areas of the pitch. And, you know, like you just can't open up that much to Scotland. And then, you know, in the, in the last, I, like we all knew Scotland were going to score in the last 10 minutes. It was just a matter of when. Um, mm. So it was going to really, it was unfortunate for Italy, but it's that same, I don't know what it is. It's not match fitness. I don't know if it's kind of concentration or kind of mental faculty, but something about the last 
15, 20 minutes of a game, unless they're well ahead, like you're just terrified about what's about to happen. I mean, look, I was neutral in the game. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm happy to see Scotland win, but I always root for an underdog as a rule. And I kind yeah. of thought like it would have been great to see Italy after getting a bit of a thumping from us, been decent against England for the majority of the game. It would have been great to see them get a scalp. They haven't beaten Scotland in what, like 13 years or something? Yeah. Um, and Scotland's yeah. one of the teams they probably view every year as, you know, a possible, you know, yeah, scalp. Yeah, they're possible scalp. Yeah. But even the small stuff, like the, the to try where the Scotland guy just, like the, the Italy were expecting a whistle and it just didn't happen and they just let yeah. them waltz through. Like, that's criminal. You never do that. Like, you no. thought that from day one of minis, yeah. mini sevens, you thought, like, played a whistle. It's 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 mad, but then, like the the try they scored then was incredible. You know the the offloading and the running. It's just like there's so much good stuff, and if they just tweaked the bad stuff, they would be like a really good team. But so then last game to cover Westy is England Georgia, which was on after the Scotland game, and this one went pretty much I think as we all expected, forty nil to England, but. Uh, as again, as our tier two correspondent, Westy, man on the ground, uh, what was your views on that? <laughs> I love that this is my reputation because I yeah. watched the odd, <laughs> the odd game outside of the regular. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. That's no, all it takes. Know, like, and again, I don't want to be condescending to anybody. Like, I don't think that's as I expected. I think that's better than a lot of people expected the game to go. Okay. Um, if you like, look at the first not twenty minutes, maybe the first fifty minutes. Georgia were camped on their line, and it was it was actually fantastic defence. They did really well to hold England out. Where I think like that's just energy zapping, and obviously England are a better oiled machine. Yeah. Um. I think what really impressed me more than else was the second half from Georgia. I thought like they actually came out of the whatever their talk was at halftime. They came out of the, like they came out of the tunnels ready to go again. It was kind of like a fresh team. Um. And they defended really well. Um. Their attacking mall was really poor, which I get like people are credited like strong scrums and malls to Georgia like mm. they're strong but they're not that well organized it's not yeah. something they don't really have the coaching in that capacity yet but for a team like that's their I, I, the name is Casey Nab that's their head coach's second game in charge uh, he's only been in charge for two months um, and they again apart from that game against Scotland they haven't really had any any ramp up either England were a little bit sloppy um, we're kind of seeing them slowly grow back into their form you know, against Italy, they weren't 100%. And, you know, they're kind of a bit better now against Georgia. Um, yeah, look, it's really unlucky for Georgia to come away with nothing. But at the end of the day, they came away with nothing because they kept going for the tries. They tried yeah. to play it, tried to play a territory game. They tried to kick and play as much rugby as they could down in England's half. But you've got the likes of Johnny May to counter-attack. It just, just fell on deaf ears, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right about the Yeah, because that's when I think of Georgia, I, I would be guilty of that and being like, oh, the scrums and malls would be good because they're big and brutish. But... Yeah, even watching the highlights back, you know, Jamie George's three mall tries basically came because the initial push from Georgia would be just in the wrong spot. England would just go around it and then they're straight through. Like, there was no resistance then once they'd beaten that first kind of push, which um, that's, yeah, again, as you said, that's not lacking physicality. That's lacking the way, you know, the know-it-all, how to kind of actually stop a, a decent mall and coaching and stuff like that, so... Um, what do you think about England's kicking game? Because this has become now their kind of thing that you know they they kick a lot and they kick for territory and they put up a lot of contestables. You know, quite Joe Schmidt ish, um, um, in a lot of areas. Yeah, well, it was kind of brought to my attention recently that that this is happening. And and one of the things that England do really well, it's kind of like the All Blacks have a similar game plan, but they go about it differently. England kick 
and try to disrupt your defense that way. They kind of they're kind of banking on either their line pressure coming up and forcing you to give it bad return, or like when we played them in the Aviva there, uh, or not in the Aviva in was it in Twickenham we played them last uh, back in March or February, um, like yeah. two of their tries came from us not handling a kick that they sent in behind us. So they're kind of normally using that kicking game to disrupt your defensive line. Um, and now the All Blacks do that, but they do it more, not so much with a kicking game, but they do it with one-off runners and offloads. And then once they have space, they just play kind of champagne rugby. Well, it didn't work against Argentina though. Um, yeah. But I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't think England kicked quite as much in that game as they had in the Italy game the week before. I think, I think they use that game like, apparently they used to play Georgia in training matches and stuff, mm. um, like completely, you know, off the books. Um, and I think they really use that game to kind of knock their shoulders into place and kind of get themselves ramped up um, yeah. for us next weekend. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about that game going ahead. Obviously, no team's been announced, but the injuries of Sexton and Henshaw today ruling them out, uh, which is obviously, look, it's a shame for both players. Um yeah, I agree with Sam earlier on. It's sort of a blessing, not a blessing in disguise. I don't want to say it obviously about Johnny Sexton getting injured. I don't want that to come out the wrong way. But we get to see kind of either Billy Burns and Ross Byrne or Billy Burns and someone else coming off the bench. We get to see that without, um, I don't know when the last time Sexton wasn't involved in an Ireland game day squad. So uh, Henshaw, that was definitely, because Henshaw has kind of found that form that made him so great back in, you know, Connacht days and Leinster days. Um and it's that was great to see. So it's a shame that he was out and he didn't go off. I don't. I don't remember. He didn't go off injured, didn't he? Not he. No, I think he played the whole game. Yeah. He just kind of. Um, they said afterwards that that he had obviously taken a knock. Yeah. Which again, I mean, that, that's the type of player he is. Like he he is a workhorse. And I'm glad to see he's got that back in because we've kind of said before that that not the work rate, but the kind of the ability to be skillful uh, kind of left them for a while. He kind of maybe bulked up a bit too much and couldn't do both. Yeah. Um. But I'd be interested. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity to maybe like I don't now again. Like I don't think Chris Farrell was great at the weekend. I thought he was all right. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to maybe go with Bundy and McCluskey. Like that could be a fantastic yeah. centre partnership against England. Two very physical players who are also very decent players of the ball. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I I said that actually today on Twitter. That's the we've talked about it here. Horses for courses. I think McCluskey is an ideal centre for when England come to town. Do you know what I mean? He's big. He's physical. He can, you know, he can take a lads on. He's you're not you're not gonna watch him play and be like, you know, he's out of his depth here physically. What you know, physicality wise, that's not something you're gonna say at McCluskey. And then obviously Bundy, we know what he brings. But I'd imagine it will be Bundy Farrell. Uh, I'd imagine that's what's gonna go for. But we don't know. I thought Hugo Keenan was quite solid at full back. I think sometimes the best thing you can say about a full back is that we didn't really notice him. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was not there was nothing to talk about regards error wise. Obviously, attacking-wise, we didn't see a whole pile of them, but that's, I, again, I don't necessarily want that. I, I'd love it for Ireland, but it's not what we what we need. What we need is someone who's solid, and uh, he, you know, he dealt with any ball that came his way. Conway had a few great aerial grabs as well, one one above his uh, head, which was beautiful. Um, so that was solid. So, like, there's definitely great confidence going into this English, English game and, you know, a bit of momentum, which is great. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what team he picks because he has a few, you know, like Sexton out, Henshaw out, uh, Ringrose is out. Do you know what I mean? Like he has Did a few they, players. Because um, Billy went off with a for a HIA. Is he yeah. cleared to play next week? Or do we have anything on that? Yeah, he they tweeted out today that he's following the return to play protocols. Um, so he so, could be. 
depending on how that goes, he could be out for next week. Yeah, he could, could be. It out could have it. to be Ross Byrne and Jack Carthy out of necessity, or I mean, they might go with this ridiculous Conor Murray as the. This well, they uh, might do that. Have him on the bench to cover both. Yeah, which is uh, look, it's, I don't know. We, we'll see here. I wouldn't surprise if if Murray does play as a ten, then like our suspicions of him having compromising photos of someone in the IRQ <laughs> has been confirmed because like that's it's just it seems unnecessary but look at uh look i've i've andy farrell so far obviously a few selections i wouldn't have agreed with but the way we're playing and the line speed against wales it's all positive so far I, I, what do you think do you, do you agree like it's been some good stuff so far I think it's positive. I think it's it's interesting to watch how it's going to evolve. Like you know, you said like Gibson Park was was amazing. Like I think he was very good. I think there's still definitely room to improve and grow into the jersey a bit more. Um, I think. Well, I hope we haven't seen the best of of the Andy Farrell era just yet because like it it is it it's it's a loose game plan, but it's it's too loose and that it's not always coming off. We are making kind of silly errors around the pitch. So you hope with more time, because again, like. You can say Andy Farrell's been a job for a year, but like, what kind of year was it? Like yeah. half these lads didn't play rugby for six months. Yeah. Um. So I think there's definitely a lot. I think I think this competition could really benefit us if if we do use it right. And look, you don't want to do too much experimentation against England, but at the same time, what have you got to lose? You might as well, you might as well see at least five changes again, one or two new lads. Well, not new lads, but like one or two lads with less experience coming back in to play against England. Um. And hopefully, if we finish the competition strong, I mean, it can put us in a very good position going into the next Six Nations, which is only only the end of January. Start, well, I think yeah. they'll probably push it back, but start start of February, like you're looking at three three four months max. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. I yeah, I I I don't. What's any updates on Shane Daly? I I can't remember, but I'd love to see him play because I think he's got some serious potential for fullback. So I'd love to see that because like England are going to kick it. They're going to kick a lot of contestables. We need that you know solidity at fullback. So, yeah, and I don't think that's Jacob Stockton. I, I think we're better off sticking with Keenan, oh, yeah. to be honest with you. Like. So would I, yeah, I think. Because, look, at, uh, again, this is not because we don't like Stockdale. I just think Stockdale is a better winger than he is fullback. That's it. That's, that's, there's nothing personal there. That's just, I think Keenan is more solid fullback than Stockdale is. And that's all. That's, it's, again, it's nothing personal. So Yeah, but the same um, reason that you'd say, like, the same reason you went with, like, uh, Henshaw and Farrell this weekend. Like, there's nothing wrong with Bundy. You're just going to try something else. Yeah. Like, it's... That's something that we seem to be like reluctant to do, and it's like, well, it's really not that. Like, something wrong with Rob Herring, but we wanted to give Rona Kelleher a shot. Like, yeah. you can still understand how good somebody is and what their benefits are, and let somebody else filter into the squad and have a go at it. Yeah, I'd like to see one thing. I would like to see kept. I'd love to see Porter and Quinru because if we can like bully an England pack in the scrum, that's that's incredible do you know what I mean like that Wales scrum whatever you, again we can read into how Wales how good Wales were or, what they, or how bad they were but if we can keep that as a real strong point then I'd be like okay let's keep we're keeping Quinru in here to support Porter like, I can't believe I'm saying this but Tyke Furlong is not guaranteed his jersey when he comes back that's yeah, yeah. like imagine saying that a year or two ago that's you know <laughs> like he, he was our like he was the first player on the team every time and yeah. now like he probably like Porter has done incredibly well so you know, the impressive great, thing about again. the impressive thing about Porter for me, sorry to interrupt you, is that like, like at the start, of, start of this season or at the start of the return to rugby, like people were kind of saying, Jesus, he's not good enough at all, and he's really he is one that's improved in every single game, and it's like okay, it is worth. He's an example of it's worth giving players time to grow into exactly. the role. Exactly. Yeah, he is. But the difference yeah. is he's improving each time. It's not a case of Stockdale where like we're getting more and more worried each time he plays. 
Mm. That's very harsh on Stockton. I've been a little bit facetious. <laughs> now you're getting personal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but 100%. He is, yeah, exactly. He's the proof of you don't judge after one game or two games of like, okay, this isn't working. You know, you, you try it out. And that's what we've been preaching in the last couple of months in this podcast. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll preview that game uh, and the rest of the games maybe later in the week when we get the team sheets out. Hopefully Andy is as early as always and releases on a Wednesday. Um, but it is, this is definitely a step up. This is a, this is a kind of a test early on being like, okay, let's just see how good kind of we are again because England are a, a bad test for us so um, we'll leave it there Westy I appreciate uh, you joining me as always and we'll do it again next week or sorry later in the week we'll talk to you in probably Thursday if we have a team yeah exactly see you then bud see you man bye